Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, Megan, Jesse, AJ, the four of us coming to you live on a Tuesday during the All-Star break. Uh, we were going to do this show anyway, but Vancouver last night deciding to trade Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders for Anthony Bavillier at Turatu and a first round pick. So we can just start there. Anyone's thoughts on the trade for both sides, both Vancouver and the Islanders. Um, I, it feels a little bit weird from New York side to me, but AJ, I know you're the, you're the Islanders guy here. So the rare double loss in a trade. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <sighs> The problem with the Islanders this year, I mean, they get good goaltending, they play good defense, but they have to work insanely hard for every goal that they score. They don't have, like, a guy that you're like, all right, we need need to get to that third goal. They can get to two. They'll grind their way to two, but they can't get to three. And they just don't have a guy that they can consistently throw out there uh, to, to get them there, you know, that their lineup is a bunch of good players, but none of those players singular best skill is scoring goals. So from that, through that lens, Bo Horvat makes perfect sense to me um, uh, for the Islanders, especially because Beauvillier, uh, losing Beauvillier does not make them significantly worse. So I understand where they're coming from, but in the ultra-competitive East, is this the thing that's going to move them forward? I mean, you have to at least appreciate that Lou tries. Do you? Do yeah. you have to appreciate that? I think so. I think if, you were a, if you're a fan of a team and your, your GM is one that's like, hey, we're going to try and do this especially a team that's got an Easter conference finals appearance in its recent history. They're like, Hey, we think that we can win some rounds in the postseason. We think that we have a mix that it doesn't matter what seed we are. We think that we can, we think that we can get into the postseason and cause problems. And okay. We, I mean, you're free to disagree. I do. I don't think that they're going to do anything. But I, I think from from where I'm sitting, I appreciate that Lou is like, no, nah, I'm not going to just watch us flounder. I'm going to try and do something about this. I see that we have a clear problem in scoring goals, so I'm going to go get the guy who's scoring all kinds of goals and hope that this works out. 
in reality, I think that he probably went from Vancouver to Vancouver East. So, but I, I like, I, I don't mind that a GM out is out there taking a chance. I'm cool with that. So, Especially because the Islanders have had recent success with this group. They've also missed the playoffs more recently than they've had any success. And yeah, I mean, they missed the postseason last year, so. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yep, that's what I just said. And I don't know, like, I just, you say you got to give him credit. I, I don't yeah. know. I, he, he didn't do it like. They missed the playoffs and he did nothing. They got their asses kicked all last year. He did nothing. He made no changes. Now they're on, they're a bubble team at best again. And he goes and gives out a bunch of assets for a guy who's shooting 23%. And I really don't know if solves that easy goal problem in reality. I mean, it, Bo Horvath is on pace for 50 goals this year, but he had, he has multiple 30 goal years in his career. Like he's a guy that has scored goals. He's doing He's so at one, a, he, he now has multiple 30 goal seasons so like, in the last two years. Megan seems unconvinced down there. I was going to say, I thought Islanders take the big swing at Kadri in the offseason. And when they didn't, it made this now feel a bit reactionary. Like, because they didn't take that swing at Kadri in the offseason, this does feel like it is to sort of make up for some lost ground then from an offseason that didn't do very much. And that is not to say that doing something then is the wrong decision. I just, it it should have maybe come about in the off season. It is still a little confusing for me from the Islanders' perspective, but Will Horvat was the marquee trade deadline piece for a lot of teams for a reason, too. So it's not that I'm critical of Horvat in any way. I'm just not sure it moves the needle for me from New York's perspective a lot, but he is touted as the piece that he was around the deadline for a very important reason, and not only because of the goal scoring, but the character that he brings, the leadership that he brings, like, that's a pretty solid choice, and I think this is someone that Lou Lamarillo is looking at building some sort of a future around, too. Like, this has been my concern with the New York Islanders for a little bit, is that their core is younger but aging and i couldn't quite tell where it was headed and so this is someone who is such an established veteran player in bo horvat that i don't think it's a terrible piece to build around i just have a little bit of confusion with the new york islanders generally are they building around him no can they even bring him back they i know they want to so I don't think they can. <laughs> I have no faith in in Lou to do the right thing here. But the reason I wouldn't hate this trade from the Islanders' side is if they get him, if it works, if the next month goes well and they get in the playoffs, great. If it doesn't work, there's a theoretical world where they could still flip him again at the deadline. Sure. Get assets that way. Um, this is no the same interest. franchise that did exactly that with Thomas Vanek. So... From that angle, I can see where you're kind of hedging your bets a little bit. The fear for me is they end up where they are right now, where they're a couple points out of a playoff spot and can't really commit to one side or the other. And then if they're stuck with Horvat and they maybe don't make the playoffs, that's a disaster scenario for the Islanders. I like that they have a GM that said, I'm going to try. I think it's gotten really, really easy for GMs in sports to go, we don't have it this year, and to pack up shop and just sort of drift away so i like that he was like eh, i'm not doing that i don't know if it'll work but i like that he's giving it a whirl 
On the other side, the team we're going to talk more about on this show, Vancouver, get a current NHL player, a prospect, you could argue, on the fringes of being ready for the NHL, and a first-round pick. Did this make Vancouver significantly better in the long term? I mean, Beauvillier is another wing for Vancouver. Uh, it doesn't really address any of their needs. Like, we like Beauvillier, but it does not answer any of it doesn't solve any of Vancouver's problems. The first round pick is top 12 protected this year, which is really the top 12 you want to get yourself into. <laughs> uh, so the, they it might, it might convey next year. I don't, I don't know where that ends up, but uh, Hey, if it ends up the 13th pick and then plus Vancouver's pick, like they could be picking 13th and 14th. Neat. Yeah. Uh, and then it would be just their luck that they watch an all-time great top 12 unfold in front of them. Uh, but no, I, I, the pick is great. We'll see. It's always fun to get a first-round pick. It's easy to sell. Um, big Atu Ratu fan. He's been really, really good since he was drafted. It seems like his the worst year of his life was his draft year uh, because he was supposed to be a top five, top ten guy. And since being drafted... He's balled out. He's been really, really good. He's been one of the better prospects from that draft class. So those are both uh, those are both easy sells to to a fan base. Where Beauvillier fits in all this, I don't know. But for me, it's wait a year and move Beauvillier at next year's deadline and turn this into a kind of a monster. <laughs> and if they do that, then I think then they're on their way to this being a really good piece of asset management but we'll see i mean it, obviously a prospect and a pick is always a good start for something like this but you know you know how these deals go when you trade for futures sometimes that future never comes yeah uh, i was gonna say the the bovillier thing is kind of whatever um i don't really put too much stock into that one way or the other the roster player um to me, it really all comes down to what they end up doing with the first round pick, regardless of where it is. Uh, I think kind of will ultimately tell the story of this deal um, from the from the Canucks side. But as we're going to get into, <clears throat> I, I don't I don't think it was like it wasn't like earth shattering what they got in return. But this is the kind of stuff that I think Vancouver needs to be doing. Just start giving yourself more lotto tickets and the form of prospects, high-end prospects, and and top half of the draft picks. Um, that's what they need to do. You know, I, I don't – not necessarily saying they got to, like, rip it down to the studs and start over, but you got to start properly building this up the right way. And like AJ said, starting with a pick and a prospect, it's never a bad thing. And a guy like Ratu is a, is a dude that – could be a top six center. Like that's a good starting piece for everybody. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's, it'll get interesting. I mean, I think as we're about to get into on this show, you take a look at the Pacific division, you take a look at all three of the Western Canadian teams in that division, that being Vancouver, Edmonton and Calgary. You've had three relatively disappointing seasons going on for those teams. Now, obviously, Vancouver 
significantly worse than the other two is already clearly out of the the playoff race but it first of all which of these three teams between Vancouver Edmonton and Calgary is in the worst position let's start there What's That's a time? broad question. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, like, we agreed on like the next five years. <clears throat> it, it's hard because for me, I really, I really do see. I think Calgary put themselves into the middle. They Calgary. Calgary zone. Yeah, which, uh, like, I, I don't know. Do you want to consider that the worst spot to be in? Because, like, I don't think that they have a core good enough to go on a cup run. Uh, and with the contracts they just handed out, like, they they can't start any kind of rebuild, retool. Like, that was kind of what they tried to do. I, like, I don't really know. Like, I, I just – I think if you made me pick, I would probably say Calgary just because I don't think they're good enough to make any noise. And they just hard committed to eight years of whatever it is that they're going to end up being. It's, it's weird, right? Because I think all of these teams do have one thing significantly in common. And that is they're floundering at the goaltender position. Now, Jacob Markstrom, do you believe he can get back to being a good goaltender? He certainly hasn't been one this year. Uh, obviously, Vancouver struggling heavily uh, with Thatcher Demko being injured this year and playing terribly when he was healthy. Edmonton, obviously, is at a carousel at their goaltender position for years now. Um to me, it feels like if any of them could solve that position in any meaningful way, they should at least be more competitive. You know, it's not going to be Edmonton. <laughs> Unless one of us take over, which is what we're going to do in in the next period. But <laughs> Even then, the money they've got tied up there is... I think they're all in tough spots with goaltending, but Edmonton feels very difficult just because of a couple things. Like his term isn't quite as long, but it's close to some of the others. And Jack Campbell's 31. They're all up there in age two, to a point, but he has a 10 team no trade clause, which makes it difficult to find other solutions that other teams would be willing to take on. I think that's going to take on $5 million. So that's the other thing is the cost. This is something that is, it's a, like Calgary is also dealing with this with their goaltender is cost. That would be a difficult goaltender to move. Like Thatcher Demko in Vancouver, health is obviously a concern, but I think his price point in term is more agreeable if they needed to consider moving that. I think they would be able to sell another team on that more easily. Of these teams, I think if I'm GM, I think I'd have the most flexibility with Vancouver just because of looking at the contracts each of these teams is bogged down to. Um, that is where I think I'd see the most flexibility. And that is also where I see future investment paying out a little bit more in the long term. I didn't mean to move on from the uh, Ratu conversation. I think that's an excellent young prospect also to consider building ground for the future. I didn't mean to get ahead of building teams, though. I just wanted to interject. No, you're good. We were talking think, about the goalies. 
with Markstrom, you're looking at the guy who's had a lot of success in the last five years. This is by far the worst season that he has had as an NHL goaltender. And so you can look at it and say, come on, this is clearly an anomaly. But he's 33, and that's when you always just kind of go, I don't trust anything. Yeah, I have no idea. And with three years remaining at $6 million, you really don't know with Markstrom. Because if, if he turns around and he's a 9-15 goaltender next year, Calgary's in the top three in the Pacific. But that's where that's where the Flames, I mean, that's where if, with the Flames, you feel like everything is bad because they're paying $10.5 million starting next season to Jonathan Uberdo, who is on his way to, like, a 50-point season right now. Like, there's a conversation about which guy ends up with more points this year, Jonathan Uberdo or Arturi Lekkinen. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Uberdo had 100 points last year, like the massive letdown. And uh, Mackenzie Weger signed for six million dollars next year. Had not played like a six million dollar defenseman. We think that we got problems with Sam Gerrard in Colorado. Mackenzie Mackenzie Weger is a decade older and more expensive, and that contract hadn't even started yet. <laughs> For comparison's sake, for everybody that thinks the Sam Gerard thing is such a failure or whatever, such a such an urgent they need to move on, like that's a bigger problem in Calgary. Sam Gerard like, Mackenzie Weger pretty easily this year. And like stylistically, is the coach the still the right guy? If he he made sense with the group that they had last year, it hasn't worked this year. If they go and get a guy that's, that that allows them to open it up a little bit and play a little more offensively oriented hockey, are they going to be okay? Maybe. I don't know. So this could just be – it could be like – they could be like a problem in waiting. and But right now with them stuck in neutral the way that they are and with their, their players, some of their players as old as they are. Because like Jonathan Uber is 29 years old. Even if he comes back to being – a really good player. How many years of it is it going to be? Well, so, and you didn't even you didn't even mention that Kadri's back on pace for about sixty points this year. Yeah, which so like, I think they're fine with. Like I think they're getting what they want out of Nazem Kadri. It's just everything I, no, I know, around but, him. But I, I, I'm just saying that you got six more years at seven million per year, and he's already regressing back to sixty point Nazem Kadri. I, I do wonder who the guy is supposed to be there. Like, obviously, it's supposed to be Huberto, and he's not even close to living up to it. But beyond that, you know Kadri can't be your top scorer. Uh, are you really relying on Amon Giapane to do something like that? It doesn't seem realistic. I mean, it's Elias Lindholm. And their even problem then. is is that Elias Lindholm's making $5 million for the next two years, and then he's going to want money. But right. even, like, even Lindholm, is he really capable of being the guy? You mean you aren't totally sold on his completely out of nowhere batshit crazy forty two goal season last year? Given that, that he's on pace for less than thirty this year, yeah, no, a massive outlier in his career. Yeah, <laughs> who could have seen that coming? <laughs> yeah, I agree with you that 
I mean, part of part of Calgary's appeal was that the lineup was so good, and that last year they also had a couple of elite guys at the top of it. So they were deep, they were high end, they were good defensively, they had good goaltending. This year, one of those is true. They still have good defense. <laughs> well, I don't know exactly what this these teams did, but setting this much money on fire should be illegal. Instead, spend it on a better version of Illegal at Illegal Pete's. Go get yourself some delicious burritos. What? Wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. Had to work to get there. <laughs> we got yeah. there. We got there in the end. Uh, Illegal Pete's has amazing ingredients for all of their burritos. They're all fresh. They work with whatever dietary restrictions you might have, whether you're just on a keto diet or something like that, or if you need gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, you name it. They have got options for you. They also have happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m. So if you want to go in there to margaritas, absolutely delicious. Highly recommend. You go there, you can pregame a little bit at Pete's, and then you can come on down to the DNVR bar with 10 locations here in Colorado. Uh, plenty of options around the state to go get yourself some delicious, illegal Pete's burritos. You can also get yourself over to DraftKings Sportsbook, where when you sign up with code DNVR, you bet $5 on the Super Bowl, you get $200 in free bets just for placing the bet. You don't even have to get it right. You don't even have to do anything special. They just give you $200 to play around with to go bet on whatever you want. If you think Calgary's going to make the playoffs, you can bet on them. If you think Edmonton's going to miss the playoffs, you can bet on that. I don't know why you would bet on anything for Vancouver. They're too bad. But if you can find something interesting there, you can uh, you can go for that too. Uh, any way around it, it works. Of course, you can bet on all sorts of ridiculous sports over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They, uh, they're they starting to sneak some, some eSports back in on there. They have a couple of the major the league seasons and, and some CSGO stuff on there. So even, even eSports, you can get your bets in on with DraftKings. Uh, you must be 21 or older, though. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. Void in Ohio. You can see the show notes down below the details. Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We've talked a little bit about who's in the worst position. I'm curious. You get to become GM of one of Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. Which one do you want to become GM of today? It's Vancouver. I wish I could come head uh, the GM of Vancouver like a month ago, handle all that Bruce Boudreau stuff a little bit better. Yeah, and you don't even get to trade Bo Horvat now. It's too late. So Jesse's Preach. going Vancouver. Megan? Yeah. I'm also going Vancouver. Wow, think I, for yourself. Jeez. No, I actually well, no, I want to say totally in terms fan. in the prior conversation, Calgary's in a tough spot, but I actually think Edmonton is also in a worse <clears> spot. So that is why I'm very easily interested in being GM of Vancouver. Because I do yeah. think Edmonton is a in a very difficult spot. The short version for that, because we kind of left that conversation but with Edmonton is you are what you repeatedly do and they are also locked into a lot of contracts with term it limits them in terms of cap options and they also what they are what they repeatedly do like their star talent dries at all McDavid continues to be star power but the in talking about the Uyghur contract like that Darnell nerf contract with Edmonton is also very difficult that they are bogged down to so Anyways, that is where I see the issues with Edmonton. Then they also just don't have a great solution in net. 
moving forward. That is why I would steer clear of Edmonton because I think they would have less options to tinker with than a Vancouver moving forward. I believe AJ's probably picked Edmonton. He's juicing up down there. Yep. Okay. I can fix it. I also would pick Edmonton for the record. That's Fun where that. I would go. So. Fun that all four of us looked at these bad situations and looked at Calgary and just were like, it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> They've been in the middle, middle for 15 years. Yeah, no, yeah. They're middle. It's not the worst. It's just not the best. Yeah. You have to do – there's – so what are you guys going to try to get in your McDavid trades in three years? How as part of the fix? What are you going to do when you have to start all this Mm-mm. over? Mm-mm. This is McDavid's the reason why I'm picking Edmonton. I've got the biggest feather in my cap. I don't have to try and find a star player. I've got one. I've got one under contract for the next three seasons. Yeah, but when he can I keep him after that? In two, yeah. What do you do when he has to be traded in two? Because the the team is in too much of shambles. I'm trading Dreisaitl. Finals last year. I don't know that they're in that much of shamble. I I mean, let's 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 I guess just ignore the fact they almost lost to the Kings. I in the first round, but they didn't. Yeah, and then they swept in round two. So I I also agree. I think the move is you trade Dreisaitl for whatever piece you feel like helps shore up the team, whether that's a defense medical. I I like that. That's what I'm doing. I'm being. I'm walking in there on day one, and I'm making the hard decision. I'm looking at the fact that I've got Zach Hyman, I've got Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and I've got Evander Kane all okay. under contract. Are, are you allowed to say you've got Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Let's let's slow your roll for a second. Here. Yeah, I am. <laughs> only now you, he likes. Only him. you and I get that joke. Now he likes him. So no. Uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at that and I'm saying, look, I, I like these pieces. I like I like Dylan Holloway. I think Dylan Holloway is a good young player. I don't give a shit about their depth. I can replace every single one of those guys within a year. No big deal. Those guys are completely forgettable. So I could I could rebuild that and do a better job. Ken Holland sucks. Uh that defense I'm nervous about, but that's where Dry comes in because I'm putting Dry on the block and at eight and a half million dollars. The number one thing I'm saying is, give me a defenseman. And it's not going to be for no busted-ass Jacob Chikrin. It's going to be for somebody who's actually good and isn't going to leave me in a year. Like who? Like who, though? Because you're saying you're going to replace the bottom six and get a great defenseman. But, like, who? That's what I'm saying. It's so easy. <laughs> it's that easy, man. I just wave the – I wave my trade dry side wand and a defenseman just – it I just appears. I won't lie. The, the, I think that's something they should do. I think they should move on from Dreisaitl. If if it doesn't, especially if they miss the playoffs this year. I don't think they will. But, like, if they were to miss the playoffs this year, like, you have to do something. You have okay. to do something. This is going to hurt Avs fans a lot. Devon Taves with an extension. That's where I would have started. I'd call and I'd ask. I'd also I'd also call and I'd ask I'd ask about Bowen Byram. Sure. I mean, are you talking about for Dreisaitl? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I would do that 
the the Byron one I think would make me pause, but especially Taves. I mean, with Taves, you're like probably adding at least a first and some other stuff. But yeah. the problem the problem is that Devon Taves 30 years old. Sure, he's not young. So it's like, what are we gearing up for? But but I, I, look, I'm looking at Edmonton's defense, and I'm going, is Darnell Nurse a bit overpaid? Sure, but he's still a very bit. solid for you. Like, he will give you solid quality minutes if his limbs aren't ripping off of his body. I mean, that's that's your classic case of, like, a team absolutely loves a guy and uses him in every situation, and he's just kind of over overextended. Where it it masks the fact that he's a pretty good he's a pretty good player because they treat him like he's an elite one. Yeah, are you getting what you expect out of Tyson Berry right now? Yeah, for sure. You, he can go be an offensive guy for you for another year. I I also think that there are more of those guys available than there ever have been in this version of the NHL. That I don't need to bring Tyson Berry back in two I, years. I agree with that, especially because Evan Bouchard has not developed defensively at all. So if I'm going to have an offensive defenseman, well, I'm just going to keep that guy that I've already been developing who's roughly just as good offensively and roll that way and put that money towards something else. I need to do T- I need a new 2C now. So <laughs> <laughs> I I just think they have some okay pieces on defense. It's it's filling in the gaps of that. You can't have Cody CC playing in your top 4. Like that's yeah, like, where they run into trouble. I think Cody Cece and Brett Kulak are fine on fine on fine contracts. Uh, to be honest with you, as a third pairing, they'd be really good. Yeah, but I need to pairing, kind of I need to build from there. I need <laughs> I need guys to take those jobs in between. So, it, it, Edmonton has his challenges, but with McDavid, I think um, with McDavid and Drysaitel, you're like look, dude, you, with McDavid, you have a, a top three player of the generation if I'm just being really generous here yeah. uh, and <laughs> you have a you have a guy who'd be in the Hall of Fame today if he never played again um, so you're you're talking about McDavid? Yeah like you, you have, think so? Yeah If he never played again he's in the Hall of Fame? Yeah I think so I don't necessarily disagree with you but it's just interesting because that dude hasn't won a thing Won plenty of MVPs. He's won. He's won some solo hardware. So, sure. dude has seven hundred and eighty nine points in five hundred and thirty seven games. So yeah, he also has fifty five points in thirty seven playoff games. So it's not like he hadn't shown up there. Yeah, the guy's been. He's, he's as advertised. He's incredible. Yeah. So. Um, that's why I'm picking Edmonton is because I just don't have to worry about like you look at you look at Ottawa's rebuild. Ottawa does everything right. They trade all their guys away. You don't love some of the prices that they get, but as a cumulative effort, they end up with a bunch of extra picks. They make those picks. They do a decent job with them. They they tank appropriately. They end up with high picks. They do all this stuff right, and now they're starting to try and find their way out of the rebuild. And the big question is. Well, it's, Do they have good enough players? It's just, it remains an ace in the hole. Even if you mess it up for the next three years, even if you completely bungle it, you still get to trade the last year of Connor McDavid's deal for a King's Ransom at the end of that. Or right. I don't, or I just keep him. Or if you can extend him too, sure, great. But like, 
there's no downside to Connor McDavid existing. Like worst case scenario, you get a ton of stuff for that guy. Yeah. So for me, for me, I just think that uh, I'm just going to keep taking swings and try and try and fix with uh, with Edmonton. Also, I just don't think that I would make the mistakes that Ken Holland has. I mean, between Jack Campbell and Duncan Keith, those are the two moves that were supposed to fix them, and both of them predictably haven't. Certainly not the mistakes. The, the thing that's crazy to me that that almost makes you question like if they're cursed or something because you went from peter shirelli and everyone said well there's no way you could mess this up more than he did and ken holland has come in and like tried his darndest to to do that like it's just crazy because to to your like aj like it should be edmonton should be the easy answer for almost everything you just said and you really could just stop at Connor mcdavid it should be that easy. And it's mind-blowing to me that multiple GMs now with decades of experience between the two of them have GMed several other teams before. A, cu- a couple Stanley Cup wins in there, too. A couple Stanley Cup wins in there. And they have somehow taken a team that features the best player in the last 30 years without even, like, you don't even have to get into an argument with anyone to, like, really – be sure on that statement and other than in my opinion a pretty pretty frosty yeah i know um a, a pretty fluke run to the western conference finals where they got their ass kicked they have nothing to show for it how many first round picks eventually leading to Connor mcdavid and they have less than nothing to show for it it's it- crazy how multiple guys with plenty of experience and a decent record have messed it up so horrifically. It almost makes you question, is there, so, is there ownership? Is there something else getting involved that's causing these problems? Because it's borderline unbelievable how badly they've messed this up. It's, it's tough because you look at like their history, and I, I get this goes back a little bit before Holland, but at times it feels like they were never really willing to commit to things like that feels like there's multiple different people pulling in multiple different directions in that organization. But it just I, felt to me like they thought they'd eventually first, first overall pick their way to a cup. And like, Oh, we'll just get enough good players. Eventually. What's crazy is they've gotten some breaks. Like the Evander Kane thing could not have been a better break for them. Yep. That, that his whole situation that San Jose was allowed to just be like, we're super over this <laughs> and just his contract just gets terminated. It's just over and they, they get him for free. And then they sign him to a, to a, a bit of a sweetheart deal. And he's just a great, he's just like a great fit for them. And it just works out wonderfully. Not, not to like get too, too caught up in all of the draft stuff, but like, dude, AJ, you want to talk about them catching some breaks? Like I think only twice out of those Four in five year first overall picks. I think only twice were they actually con- the, the, the team with the best odds. They moved up several spots to get McDavid. Dry Seidel happens to fall to them in one of the years where they're not picking one overall. Uh, Yessi Puliyarvi also fell to them, and he was expected to be picked clearly ahead of where they were picking, and they've messed that up. Like 
it's just they've had so much go their way. And I, I, to me, they've just tried to shortcut it. Like, oh, well, these players are good enough. We can, we can get by with Mike Smith. And I mean, you get against some, some, some real competition, and it was very obvious you couldn't get away with that. When you, when you talk about the draft, they just haven't drafted defense successfully like at all when you look at the past decade yeah okay they have darnell nurse and that's pretty much the end of the list of successful guys they have evan bouchard in there but they didn't keep evan bouchard so they have caleb jones who's not that successful but he's in the nhl or they didn't keep him it, they Wait, haven't didn't they successfully keep evan i mean bouchard and broberg are top 10 picks that are on their defense that just they're just not living up to the hype. Yeah, they haven't turned bad. out I, yet. My bad on on Bouchard. I meant Ethan Bear. Uh, oh yes. Yeah, I, I just to, to to me it's the it's it's how little multiple regimes have put emphasis on anything other than the top the the the, the top half of the offensive side of this roster. Like AJ said, they they tried to solve the problem with Duncan Keith last year. Like if I said that, that man's career, right? Like if I said that in 2013, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, no, I I get that. They tried to do it last year, and, and it's just like I I don't get how you look, look at this roster, look at some of the breaks that they've gotten, look at to to your guys's point, just the raw generational talent that sits on that roster and, and and think that you can just kind of like bargain bin your way to a Stanley Cup championship. It's wild. It's wild. Megan, any confidence in the Oilers? <laughs> well, so uh, this feels collaborative a little bit because I do like some of the points AJ made. So, okay, so you move on from dry side all. I still have a lot of confidence in some of that remaining forward group beyond just McDavid. I really like Hyman, Eugene Hopkins. I don't know about Evander Kane. He has been a great fit. I have some concern about future, like how long that remains a good fit. But I I still like, when he's healthy, Kyler Yamamoto. Um, it still leaves a question in net for me, though. That was sort of where I, I, I'm following everything leading up to this. What is it still ride and die with Jack Campbell and you just have better defense in front of him. Cause I do like investing in a true top pair. If it is a, someone like a taste type that makes a lot of sense to me. So I guess that's the only remaining question for me is in that. Stuart Skinner's there. And I'm just going to give that, a, I'm just going to keep rolling that dice. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's the long-term answer. He's been pretty good this year. He's signed for the next couple of years, so uh, as as the de facto GM here, I would be like, "Okay, I'm, we're going to try that out," and I'm I'm going to hope that Jack Campbell is the is is perfectly fine being the most expensive backup in the league for a year or two, um, because that's, I'm not moving that deal. I can't. That's my biggest problem is Jack Campbell's money is dead weight. Yep, but you can't buy it out because I'm not going to have Jack Campbell on my books for ten years. No yeah, way. no shot. I'm not going to pretend like Vancouver doesn't have some of these same questions as I pretend to yeah. get in the helm over in Vancouver. There's some serious coaching questions in Vancouver at the moment. So, so I, I do, I do have to, cause you guys mentioned, you know, 
you like what they have up front. If you move on from Leon Dreisaitl, there's almost nothing left there outside of that top line of McDavid, Hyman, and Kane. What do you mean? I mean Nuge and ignoring Nuge, yeah. Okay, so you have a 2C. In the okay, so we're gonna we're gonna continue to pretend that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is, is a is a top end player. Okay, we he's can do that. fine as a two C. Yeah, he's, he's been he's fine, fine as a two C. He's a consistent sixty point guy. If he man. gets healthy, healthy Kyler like, Yamamoto is more okay, than all right, fine. All right, all right, cool. So so Ryan Nugent Hopkins. We're going to DT Colorado's two C for now. So we have to be nice. Yeah, Nugent's okay. fine. Okay, all right. So he's fine. Mm-hmm. Then what? 15-point Ryan McLeod? Kyler Yamamoto. I've been saying Kyler Yamamoto the whole yeah. time. He's just um, You're talking about 12-point Kyler Yamamoto? 41 yeah. points last you year. Got, you, guys are higher, you guys are higher than on Yamamoto than I am. I'm not about that. I'm a Dylan Holloway guy who's <laughs> got nine points this year. But is a, like, is a like rookie, and I do expect will get better. But also, if I'm clearing off Dreisaitl's money, I can also go and sign a wing. You know who I'm actually going to call up if I need a wing? I'm going to call you guys and ask you for Vancouver. You know what? Hey, I need a wing. <laughs> what are going on in Bakersfield, actually? Like, give me a second. I mean, you you do really like uh, your DU Pio down there in Bakersfield. I love him, but he's not ready. Oh, but I do really no, he's like not ready. Him. But I, he he's from his stint last year, getting in a few games. He's been given a little bit more opportunity this year, but he is a little bit more of a longer-term project, but I still yeah. really like him. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay. So, I, th- I think we did a good job. I, I agree with Megan's take on the, the good collaborative effort. As If we are all GM of one team, we, we might be able to pull off some success here. I'm, uh, I'm telling you, Brandon needs to get us a hockey team that we can just run together because I think between the four of us, we do okay. <laughs> well, it might enough. be it might look like the world's most dysfunctional front office from the outside, but I think our skill sets would all mesh nicely. There, there would be no like point that goes uncalled out. Like, yeah. <laughs> we one thing is for certain that when a decision is made, you can have full confidence that yes, we've looked at it from every angle. I promise. Let me tell you, if you're planning on having a collaborative effort in the bedroom anytime soon, make sure you're ready. Roman ready, in fact. You can go over and get Roman today with 20% off when you use code DNVR on your first order. If you order by February 8th, you're guaranteed shipping in time for Valentine's Day. You can go to ro.co slash DNVR today to get that 20% off. Roman, they just want to make sure everything's going your way, everything's taken care of when it comes to your sexual health needs. For men, they offer genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection in the bedroom. They also offer a bunch of discreet products that uh, will help you do things like last four times longer in bed. So make sure you go check it out. All of their stuff works fantastically. Uh, they have a digital health clinic available as well in all 50 states with licensed physicians. So if there's anything weird going on down there, make sure you're taking care of yourself and getting what you need. 
uh, they will take care of you no matter what it is. Again, it's ro.co slash DNVR. You can complete a questionnaire on there and get diagnosed by licensed physicians with free delivery and discreet packaging for anything you might need. Again, ranging from just make sure you're good to go if you got a little bit of drunk dick or making sure that you're healthy down there. Either way, they, the range of products is completely covered with Roman. So get it for Valentine's Day. Order by February 8th to make sure you're good to go in the bedroom. Uh, we are also brought to you by the wonderful people over at Bacchus and Shanker. I really hope you don't have an injury in the bedroom, but... If you have it at work, they can help you out. So jump in on it. Bacchus and Shanker, call 222-2222 to set up a free consultation today, whether it's a car accident, even if it's something like Lyft or Rideshare, if it's at work, if it's on a motorcycle or bike, they can help you get what you deserve if you're not at fault. Completely free for you until you win your case. So it costs you literally nothing to go hit up Bacchus and Shanker. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients over 25 years of work. They're great at what they do. It's an absurd amount of money. Jump in on it. Press two for a while just to see if you have a case or not with Bacchus and Shanker. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR to sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. All right. We've talked about Edmonton enough. Let's pass it over to the other half of the podcast. Where are we headed with Vancouver? My biggest, <clears throat> my biggest reason for it being Vancouver, actually kind of like the anti reasons, everything AJ gave with Edmonton. I think Vancouver is at a point where you have to identify a couple of your guys internally that you say, cool, we want to pick and build around. I think you have that on the forward side and on the D side. You say, we're holding on to Hughes. We're holding on to Pedersen. Everyone else is up for grabs. You're probably strapped to JT Miller because my predecessor gave him a horrible contract at the last second for no reason. Uh, but I really do. I think they are just – they're at that phase. They're at the – we need to send a letter to our fans phase like the Rangers did a few years ago. And you got to go through some pain here and you got to start offloading some of these deals. They made some deals two seasons ago when they, I think kind of got a false sense of where they were at. Uh, and they just, they made some deals that I thought kind of thrust them into the middle, but outside of the JT Miller one, there isn't much there that you can't move on from. And then similar to how we talked about with Calgary that you expect, expect uh Markstrom to have a bounce back I would like to think that Thatcher Demko eventually gets healthy gets back to the goalie that he was trending to be if not I think you like Spencer Martin as a backup for right now um I just think they'd be the easiest ones to get turned around you move on from Besser you move on from Garland uh you know, Tyler Myers, OEL is the other one that. Yeah. I like Ethan Bear. Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I like Kuzmenko. Sheldon Dries, obviously, uh, is one of your core guys that you build around. 
Uh, I, I just think they're they're the closest to being able to hit the reset while having a couple guys up front on D and in net that you can kind of identify as we're holding on to these guys and building around them. My big concern with Vancouver is GT Miller, not just from being locked into that contract, but also from a cultural perspective. I have concerns about the influence he has over the group. But very similar reasons to what you've pointed out. I do feel like they have some flexibility on what they could move on from and then bring about different things in return to fulfill needs. I think there are ways to entice people on even a a Vauvillier moving forward if that is somebody they need to flip around. Besser, another, if need be. Garland, another, if need be. Um, I still like Elias Pettersson a lot, Quinn Hughes a lot. The OEL of the defenseman, like each of these teams is locked into a defenseman that maybe they don't want to be locked into. He is also one that I will acknowledge they probably don't want to be locked into, but I also feel it could be worse in terms of the cost. Um, And then the goaltending with Thatcher Demko, I think some of his decline in play that we have seen this season can be pointed to not being fully healthy from the, I think it was a surgery over this summer. So I still have some hope that he could turn it around and be the goaltender that we knew him to be when he returns to truly full health. Just, I'm not sure to the nature of, because I think he had a different injury crop up, if I'm not mistaken. And then the other is the possibility with future prospects um, in their forward group specifically. We talked about right to earlier, but he said well, that I have some high expectation could be in the Vancouver forward group in a few years time. Um, and then the Abbey Connects generally have some decent forwards that could be potential NHL options that I'm excited about. So I, I actually agree a lot on Demko. I actually expect them to get better out of him once he gets fully healthy. But I, I struggle with what they do with their defense as a whole like sure Ethan Bear's fine OEL is a complete albatross <clears throat> and then you have just a bunch of dudes defensively like I guess you're going to try to get value out of Luke Shen at this deadline but after that I just don't know that there's very much there at all I, are are you are you intentionally leaving out Quinn Hughes or are you yeah, this no, Quinn, Hughes is, Quinn Hughes? Quinn Hughes okay. is their top guy. They have that. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. I'm just saying. He's signed. He's staying. Yeah. <laughs> You're I'm good there. Down that lineup, I just don't know. Like, Ethan Bear's not good enough to be a top pairing guy for you. Nope. Uh, I don't know how they fill out that defense effectively uh, without because of the anchors they have stuck, right? It, it gets a little bit tough money-wise for me. Well, is this like similar to moving a dry idle type, but not as big of a wave or large degree? Is that where you see someone like Besser move? Sure. Yeah. And, and you receive helps. a high end defenseman in return. That's where I talk about flexibility. Is like, I think someone in that forward group could be moved to bring about a better return defensively. And I honestly pick a guy. It'll. Vontaze. Vontaze. <laughs> what are you going to say, play jack rathbone well so so th- he's this been is... a fantastic ahl player just play him so so this is kind of my thing because like I, I look at that dean like you're you're not wrong rudo but like i'm looking at it and i'm saying okay cool 
for two more years because that's how long you have Tyler Myers, this and one more. I'm just saying Quinn Hughes, Tyler Myers, Ethan Bear. Those are three of my top four because I'm not expecting to be ultra competitive. I have zero belief in Tyler Myers being serviceable. I agree. I'm buying him out. Really? Instead of just letting that last year ride next year? Yeah. Because it's only three mil, you're not going to be competitive, and you open up the spot immediately to start seeing if you have somebody already, like a Jack Rathbone, that could take that job. And I'm going to stop filling my defense with Kyle Burrows and Riley Stillman's. Well, so what I was going to say was you, you you run those guys three out of your top four. You probably – you have to have OEL in there as well. And then this season, I open up that bottom pair to what you just said. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got in turn. We're going to move on from Brock Besser. Maybe we just move on from him to clear up cap space and, and see if we can weaponize that later. Or to your point, Megan, maybe we try to get a defenseman in return for him. Uh you guys hear that? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't hear it. Nope, it's fine. It was like it, glass it was... clinking or something. Yeah, I'm not sure what it was. <laughs> I, I want to add, too, like, I feel Vancouver's in a very different position from in Edmonton because you Edmonton wants to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't have expectation for Vancouver, so the moves that they make don't have to be impulse desperation moves to fulfill a need right now. That they, yeah. they can, they have a little flexibility there, too. In terms of where they're going to bring a defenseman. Where I'm worried about that is that the owner doesn't agree. The owner's not strapped in to burn it down. Well, and we're all like, hey, let's like, let's move on from these guys. Let's make some future moves. Let's get younger. Let's play it. And the owner's like, nah, I'm not down with that, man. No, 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 no. I, I just say that that is the only part about these three markets. And it's part of the reason why, you know, I was commenting earlier when we were talking about Edmonton that like, multiple GMs have have gotten it like very wrong for them. You do wonder how much of that is being in these markets. You have outside pressure from fans, from ownership saying we need to be good like right now. It, it's, to me, it feels like they have on their forward side one too many of these guys that are in the middle and end up getting overpaid. You're giving over $4 million to Anthony Bavillier. Not that Anthony Bavillier is bad. He's a serviceably good player, but he's pretty comparable to JT Comfer. You Except look at, he doesn't play center. Sure. You look at Ilya Mikheyev, who I know is injured right now, but they're also paying that guy a significant amount of money. Uh, what is it? A 4.75 to be a 30-ish point guy for you. Misses 30 games a year. Yeah. And you start looking at those guys and you're like, okay, great, move them out. But the returns for those guys never end up being what teams want. And that's fine. I think yeah, if you're willing, say, if, if you're not worried about, you're just trying to get rid of the money, man. Like, because with like a Tanner Pearson, it's one year left, but McKayev's got three more years after this. Like, you really would like to find an answer there and stop signing those guys. And I will say, if you could have taken over Vancouver two weeks ago, I'd have felt a lot better because I would have not signed Kuzmenko to a two-year deal. Same. Yeah, I I won't lie. Even in the last 24 hours, they made it tougher to pick this group. (laughs) I mean, I think the deal that they got from the Islanders is more or less the archetype of the deal that you were going to try to get. Yeah, it's fine. It's just, 
maybe not, but that they wanted Beauvillier and not a prospect or something else. Because now, now you're like, okay, now you have Anthony Beauvillier, a fine player in his prime at 25, whose deal expires at the end of next year. You already have five of these guys on your roster. So it's not like you can put him in a unique position to succeed and boost his value and try and get something out of him. So, you know, they, their whole organization is about forwards because as Megan had mentioned, uh, Abbotsford has Holander is down there and Pod Colson is down there and uh, there's one other guy other than Jack Rathbone. Now they've got Aturatu that will be there. Unfortunately, like, Jet Wu has not lived up to the hype. Yeah, well, could have told you that was coming, but... <laughs> Like, they've got some guys that are down there in the AHL that you're like, hey, these guys would be great to drop into your NHL and let them figure out, like, their way. But you have so many just guys. The McKayevs and the Tanner Pearsons, and now you have an Andre Kuzmenko, and they're just all they're just all hanging about. You just – they like – Connor Garland's had a fine season. He's got nine goals this year. Like, you're going to move that guy? Brock Besser gets hurt every single season, and it seems like Brock Besser's hype is more than Brock Besser's reality because it's been years since that guy has stayed healthy enough and and produced at a really high level. You know, the 56-game season, he was pretty good, but a lot of guys had really weird years those years. But again, he gets hurt every year. Yeah. Like, what do you sell Brock Besser for? Because right now you'd be selling low. That's why I don't know if I need to sell Besser now. Yeah. Season I mean, feels like a flash. I guess you have to start somewhere. And Horvat was the easy, like, okay, Horvat's gone. Now what? See, and that's why for me it's Besser, and it's it comes back to what we were saying a second ago. I just want that money off my books. Like I, I he doesn't line up with my window. I want that money off my books so I so, can put it to better use. So you're truly just going like you want to have a 48 point season, and JT Miller is going to hate his life. I mean that that's. <laughs> You don't always have, you know, teams that do well don't have to go through stuff like that. But, like, in my opinion, all three of these teams we're talking about, Edmonton is the only one that's in a little bit of a different boat because of the personnel that they have. But all when you're stuck in the middle like this, like, you do at some point have to make the decision. Are we selling out? Are we doing everything we can to push for it right now in whatever way we think that looks, knowing that the consequence may be, we don't get there and we've given up all this stuff or we have to tear it down and start over and try to do this from the ground up. And I just look at the situation that Vancouver has gotten themselves in there. They are so in no man's land. I think if, if you handed me the keys to that car, I would say we're starting over. Like we are starting over here. We have if a couple of guys. Will let you. If, if the owner will let you. Yeah. Right. We have, we have at least one guy at each position we can identify as, we want to keep this guy and, and build around him. 
everyone else to me over the next two years is, is up for grabs. And if that means you have to have a bottoming out type of season, then that's what happens. But you've got to start getting more prospects into your lineup. You've got to start acquiring more picks. You've got to start acquiring more prospects, getting better, smarter. That's the one thing that, you know, everyone, it's really easy to point to all the really good players that last year's avalanche team had and, you know, Tampa and all that stuff. The one thing that people don't give enough credit to is the Tampa Bay Lightning of the last two years and then the Colorado Avalanche of this past season had a lot of really good, smart contracts on the books. Players that were giving you immense value over what you were paying them. And I just think that with in the salary cap era, you have to have several of those to, to truly be a competitive team. I look at this Vancouver roster and I say, you don't have any of those. All of your players who are at the top of your lineup are paid very appropriately, and most of them overpaid for what they bring to you. <laughs> Looking at a guy like Brock Besser, Oliver Ekman Larson, it's you know it goes on yeah. and on. OEL is a real problem in this project because you're just stuck yeah. with that guy you're, for a while. Right, that's your Jack Campbell equivalent yeah. for the Oilers. You just have to. You eat just it. can't get out of it. Yeah, um, no, but I, but I think you can move on from some of those. Open up say? that. I'm just like Darnell Nurse, Jack Hamill. Like everyone's, every team in this situation is bogged down to somebody they would not like to be. And I don't think Brock Besser's value is as low as we are touting it, either. Like, oh, you're not getting anything in return for Brock Besser. No, no I, well, I, it's I just, just I what are you player. Like, I don't think they need to take the very first offer, no matter how low it is. I don't think yeah. that they hold on to yeah. Brock Besser for seasons and seasons either. I think there's some middle ground that's more realistic than both of these. 100%. I just, my biggest thing is he's $6 million. He's not giving you $6 million worth of play. That's a guy that you need to move on from. I'm with you, Megan. Like, it doesn't have to be by this deadline. But, but like, you should move on from him. I agree. Right. Just purely just because I, I think you can do better stuff with that money and that roster spot. All right. We're overlooking Vancouver's strongest tactic, that being the confusion play. All right. <laughs> they did it with the Sedins for years. Sign Elias Pettersson, the defenseman. <sighs> Put him on your roster. Just have him switch jerseys every so often. They're both six foot two. All right. Nobody will notice. And, oh, by the way, I'm hoping that the Islanders just barely missed the playoffs. And then I've got two first-round picks this year in a very deep draft class. Or you have two first rounds next year. And next year's, if they really make some moves, next year's could be a real, like, you know, you could dream on next year's pick being like a top eight pick. Right. As the, especially yeah. as the East continues to get better because you do expect New Jersey to stay up there. You do expect, you know, you Detroit and Ottawa and Buffalo are all trying to seriously take steps forward. So, you know, maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're not so much hoping that they miss out on it and you get the immediate gratification of I've got two picks this year. Right. Maybe you're instead, you're like, ah, we're really We'll put some we'll put some witchcraft into this, and we'll really try and hope for things to really go wrong for you guys next year. Well, it's like thing, and you know, <laughs> left at the owner to allow us to do what we want. <laughs> I'll say, yeah, you got to just hope for the Abs Ottawa outcome, where it's like, oh, it was a high pick, huh? 
be a shame if it was just as high next year. Uh, okay. God, they have so much bad money, though. I'm just between Tucker Pullman and Tanner Pearson, Ilya Mikheyev, now Anthony Beauvillier and Connor Garland. Like, it just feels like too much to me. I there's agree. so many of these guys. There's so many of these guys just hanging out, making four million dollars, eating up your cap. But you don't, you don't Oof. think that you could move on from guys like Connor Garland, you know, Beauvillier. You're telling me that over the next two seasons, there there aren't suitors for all those guys. I think I think not this summer, but next summer when the cap takes like a pretty substantial jump, and all of a sudden those deals look like they're way better value because you're like, ah, all that that caliber of player now makes six million dollars, and yeah, like you could probably, but you but. It, you're waiting two years to do that. See, I'm, I'm taking the rest of this season to just kind of let it play out as it will. Whatever calls I get for trade deadline, if I like something, I'll take it. I'm taking next summer, next trade deadline, and then up to that draft where I'm just going scorched earth. We're starting over. And then at that next draft, that's when you start to do this. That's when you start coming out of it and you start adding and you start putting all those picks and prospects and stuff to good use. Good luck. Yeah, it takes time. And that's <laughs> my problem with Vancouver is that they can't really get to work on this. They like, we're talking about like, Oh, maybe you wait a year to do this, do that. If you get picks in there. Okay. Well then now you have to make the picks and then you have to wait for the picks to develop. And you might be good by the time Patterson is 28 which is fine. Yeah. But then that's yeah. the piece. That's, that's fun. The Chushkin numbers we're dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> um, just okay. Hope those career arcs go like his and every, he just keeps getting better magically every single season. It got two things for you here. First of all, if you want to go watch an abs game with us, you can get in on the party bus action. We have coming up at the end of February for Kadri's return to ball arena. Uh, you can get your tickets today. If you already have tickets to the game, you can just buy a bus ticket. It's just $20. It's literally cheaper than parking. And you get a ride there from the bar and back from the bar. So you can party with us at the bar after the game, too. It's a great deal. If you want to get a ticket to the game as well, you can do that. And it comes with a free DNVR shirt just as a kick-in. So go check it out today. Uh, amazing stuff for the the party bus ride-along watching it all together. There's a good chance you'll see me take my shirt off too. If you're into that, uh, that's a thing that happens at, at party bus games. So <laughs> go check it out today. You can you can find it on the dnvr.com. Uh, go to our events links. It'll be right there. We also are doing a giveaway with Breckenridge Brewery for the ultimate fan experience. If you go to uh, DNVR Avalanche, is the Avalanche one up? Yeah, it looks like the Avalanche one is up. Uh, go to the DNVR Avalanche Twitter account. Make sure you follow us. Follow Breck Brew as well. And then go to the link at, on this tweet. Oh, okay. We don't have the, the image of the tweet. You can go to, after you follow both of our accounts, the dnvr.com slash Breck Sweeps. And you can get a Club Lexus access to DNVR shirts, uh, a parking pass as well, as well as row five tickets. Uh, for the ultimate fan experience, Colorado taking on the LA Kings over in Ball Arena on March 9th. 
be sure you get in, go enter your chance to win some amazing tickets to an abs game there too. Uh, that's all I got. Any, uh, any other final thoughts before we get out of the show today? Can I just throw a quick wrench into this? Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Western Canadian teams. Uh, if we throw Winnipeg into this, yeah. does, does anybody want to be their GM instead? No. Solely because I don't want to live there. <laughs> Put me down as a maybe. Put me down as a maybe. I don't know. There, I just, I don't know. I can't answer that right now because I don't know what Winnipeg is. Yeah. My answer is no because I don't want to deal with trying to figure out what's up with Dubois and Shifley over the next year. Right. See, that's my thing. Is like, I, I think I. I probably like their roster the best, but like for now, for right, right now in this moment, I'm like, totally, in but the next two years, they have so much work to do. Yeah. Including giving Connor Hellebuck a lot of money. Yeah. They're going to go from having the best goalie making a relative pittance to having the best goalie getting paid. Tell me that guy's not going to be worth $12 million. Do you think so? I I, I, I think he – I'm not saying he's not worth it, but I do just think – Ask think again after Brofsky the cap goes thing, up. I think has scared some people. I yeah. agree with okay, that. Okay, but you still have a Vasilevsky contract as a comparable that has now yeah. – will have been signed several years ago. Yeah. And so that's where – you know, those guys usually reset that market. Boshalevsky at nine five, he'll definitely get more then. Because that deal that, that deal was signed in twenty nineteen. I think I'd be a little surprised if he gets more than eleven. Yeah, I think I think eleven is probably where I, I honestly I don't know if he gets more than Vassy. Uh, As a UFA, uh if he doesn't get it from Winnipeg, he'll get it from somebody on the market, man. Uh, yeah, I know. I hear you. I just. <laughs> I just think their careers. I'm not again. I'm not saying I think Hellbuck isn't very, very good, but I think it is really hard for anybody to say I'm as good as Andre Vasilevsky. He's about the only one. Right, and he's and he's two cups shy. Yeah, but that's not his fault. I I understand that, but if I'm if I'm at the negotiating table and I'm saying you think you're Andre Vasilevsky, sorry, bro, he, he's been to four Stanley Cup Finals, and he's lost two of them. Fucking loser! You got a 500 record in the Cup Finals. Get out of here. My favorite avalanche statistic. Yeah. They're the only team to have been to a cup finals to have never lost a cup finals. Anyway, we're out of here for the day. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us, uh, having a good time. More uh, more around the league content coming this week. We'll probably start dipping our toes into some of the, uh, the drafts, not drafts, trade deadline stuff uh, as the week yeah. goes on. I'm so glad we don't talk about Bo Horvat anymore. It was never going to happen. It was until a month from now when the Isles are like, "We're reselling him," but (laughs) you know, 
It's the way it goes. Uh, we appreciate all y'all. We will be back tomorrow for another 1 p.m. show. Please join us for that. Until then, uh, we will talk to you on the next one.